Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we have on a great guest, friend to the show. He's been on our show before, Bruce Starr, the love coach. And we're going to be talking about our non-traditional dating habits ruining your love life. Now, in the past, women may have been encouraged to slim down or doll themselves up to attract a mate, but times have changed. Or have they? Is gender equality actually working with dating today? We're going to explore this issue and many more on today's show. If you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about high-performance bodies. Have you lost control of your body only to be kicked to the curb? Join my guest, Nicholas Bayerly, owner of TheBillionDollarBody.com. Nicholas works with high-performance men who, along with their businesses, have made their bodies a priority. Learn how you can adapt the CEO mindset with your body. So that was last week's show. If you happen to have missed it, so easy to find. All you have to do is download my new mobile app for any of the archive shows, or if you haven't done that already, um, you can also find us on TuneIn and SoundCloud, the Men's Advocate Show. All right, so let's come back into it. Let us uh, join our guest today, Bruce Starr, who is the love coach, and we're going to talk about gender equality and what is to the landscape of dating. Welcome, Bruce, to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, always great to do a show with you, Linda. We always come up with some of the most interesting ideas and concepts about relationships from your background and my background, so I'm thrilled to do the show with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on again. I, I really love having you here. So let's talk about it. You know, a new study that's out that's that has uh, researched this gender equality and what it's doing to dating and one of the points that they're bringing up is financial. They're saying the advice that they're giving women today is men want a woman there in the household to help him with for financial reasons. So their advice to a woman these days is in order to marry well, she's supposed to stay in school, get one or more college degrees, and then get a good job. Do you agree with this notion? Are men really looking for just the financial aspect in order uh, in when choosing a mate? Well, you know what's the most interesting thing about this study? I would bet, and I'd be willing to place quite a wager on this, that the person who wrote this is probably between the ages of, say, 22 and, say, 27. I would almost bet that. Okay. Because that's the information from her point of view, that's what's accepted now. And I think the subject matter that you're bringing up is so perfect because just because certain things are accepted and done by the masses, does it mean it's right? And I think that's what's going to be the basis of this whole conversation that we have today is just because you read it in the magazine or a friend says, oh, you have to do this. This is what everybody's doing. Does it mean it's right? And is it going to lead to a better relationship? And not only that, you know, it uh, doesn't mean it's right. Does it work? 
you know, they're, they're sort of spoon-feeding the medicine to uh, the, the 20-something generation. But I want to know, does it really work? I, I, I have a feeling that if the guy is only, um, you know, only going after the financial aspect, and that's all well and good, and I do see that trend happening today. I do see that guys want to go Dutch with the date. I do see that they want the, the woman to meet them uh you know, halfway or at least close to halfway with financial, you know, burdens. It's so expensive to live, especially on both coasts, you know, the the housing costs are expensive, the insurance costs are expensive, everything is expensive. And to have all that burden on the guy's shoulder, it's a lot. And he wants to have that burden taken away. So I get it. But is this the best avenue to choose a mate? I mean, I say if you really are going after the financial aspect hey just pick a roommate or downsize maybe you can't afford a one bedroom maybe you have to live in a studio for a while until you get your career up and going and and get some more finances what do you say to that you know linda i absolutely agree with you and that's what i always did my whole life if i wasn't in a relationship in a romantic relationship with someone i didn't try to get someone who I was in a romantic relationship to share a place with me, to share the expenses. My God, that would take away the whole romance of it. I got roommates. And I even though sometimes they were men, sometimes they were women, but I had roommates and I didn't do take the big step until I found someone that I wanted to become romantically involved with. And I certainly didn't say to her, hey, would you move in with me to share my expenses? Nothing kills romance than talking like having that kind of conversation. Now, you talked about um, uh, going Dutch on dates. I think one of the biggest problems right now that I see here on the East Coast, and I'm sure it's the same thing on the West Coast, is that many times women are totally expecting men to pay for their dates whether that woman is interested or not there's nothing wrong with that if the woman is truly interested in the man and she wants the man to step up and pay for dinner but what i'm hearing about and i'm hearing a lot about it is that women are just expecting men to pay for dinners whether they're interested in romance or not and men are getting burnt out because they're paying for dinners. They want to do the right thing, but they're not getting anything back from the female. And that's where the problem is. The problem is the degree of honesty involved in the dating. Are you just dating to get free dinners? That's going to wear really thin really quickly, and it's going to burn people out. And then the next time they want to ask someone out, if they're expected to pay for dinner, that's going to get that's going to cause a problem between the people. So you really it's all about opening up your eyes, opening up your mind and looking at the situation and seeing are these people with you or just looking for a meal ticket. I find this trend happening all the time and I just do a smackdown to these women because they brag about how they got a $200 dinner here and a $200 dinner there and they have absolutely no interest in the guy. There's never in a million years would they go to bed with this guy 
and they have these bragging rights that they're, you know, that they've scored this fancy dinner. And I say, forget it. I mean, if that's going to come back to bite you later on, the guy that you really want to be with is not going to give you the time of day because you've now worked up this persona of being a fake person. Who wants that? So it's it's a horrible, horrible trend. I hate it. And I, yeah, I... I agree. And from the guy's point of view, I tell them, do not go on a fancy dinner on the first date. Let her earn it. Let, let, you know, do something simple. Maybe just go out for a drink or maybe just uh, go for an ice cream cone cone and walk around the lake or do something simple. Let it be a, a meet and greet. Just find out if there is a click there first before you're spending money on dinner. Now, second date, third date, if you want to take her out to dinner, that's fine. And again, don't be a, don't have it be a simple dinner. Maybe you take her out to pizza or a Thai place or something that doesn't cost a lot of money. Do not be spending $200 on the first date just because you think you're going to impress her. It doesn't work. Right. The, the impressing is, is the key point. You just said that word. The man, if you want to start in an honest, open, real relationship, don't try to be something you're not or don't try to push forward the money issue right away because that will get in the way eventually. I say the same. Here's what I say to women. I say I remember when I was dating. And women would, you know, they would wear very revealing clothing and uh, they would wonder why men were just after them for sex. Huh? What? You're wearing <laughs> revealing clothing. You're talking in a sexual uh, flirtatious way and you're upset because men are trying to get you in bed. And then the man, because he likes that sexy girl who's wearing revealing clothing, he wants to impress her so that he can score with that sexy girl. And then he gets upset because she's not warming up to him and she, he's just trying to impress her. Is there any honesty there at all? So everything comes down to honesty on both parts. And just because there is this huge dishonest trend going on, we, one person at a time, have to stop that and put our foot down and say, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be decent. And I don't care if five million people out there aren't being honest and decent. The buck is going to start with me right here and right now. It takes a lot of character to do that, but that's what you, you have to do. And a woman who has character, she's the one that's going to be sought after. That's the whole funny part about this. If you're just going with the program with whatever the media is feeding you and what all these trends are, you have to take a step back and see if this is actually working in your benefit or not. So if you've currently joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on with my guest today, the Love Coach, Bruce Starr. You can find Bruce on uh, 95.9thepalm.com, 95.9thepalm.com. And Bruce, tell us when your show is. It's on Thursday, My show right? is, 
Yes, Thursday evening, tomorrow night, and you're going to be on it. This is great. We're doing this uh, incestuous interviewing That's uh, right. today and tomorrow. <laughs> but my show is on, like you just said, 95.9 and 106.9 FM, The Palm, out of South Florida. It's on from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday evenings, but you can hear the show from anywhere in the world and out in the West Coast from 3 to 5 tomorrow uh, at that uh, address, 95.9, no dot, 959thepalm.com. And anyone can hear the interview that we have tomorrow uh, live stream from anywhere in the world. They could even call in. Very good. All right. So we're doing back-to-back shows here. Bruce is on my show today, and I will be on his show tomorrow. So if you've... Uh, you're listening to this after the fact maybe you didn't get a chance to listen live and you're like oh shoot i had a question do call in is there a call in number bruce or or do they yes call there online? is yes there is it's uh, 877-960-9960 all right that's 877-960-9960 okay yes Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head over to Henson Brewing Company, Burbank's premier craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming summer 2017. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hey guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. 
Darn! Maybe you missed part of this show. Maybe you're still at work during the show. Maybe you heard the show, but would like to listen again. Your problems are easily solved. Listen to any and all of Linda's archived shows at your convenience. Just Google SoundCloud The Men's Advocate. That's Google SoundCloud The Men's Advocate. The on-demand library is also available on the TuneIn app. Subscribe now and please share with your friends. We proudly rejoin our programming with the Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross, on KMET 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Let's come back uh, into the show. Uh, you, if you're if you've currently joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on with the love coach, Bruce Starr. We're talking about are non-traditional dating habits ruining your love life? Does this gender equality business, does it really work? Or are you just being fed a line of goods from the media and you really should come up with your own decisions and your own MO with how to make dating work? We're going to, we're talking about that subject today. Let's move on to the next uh, thing that they found out in the study was that men prize intelligence because it makes uh, women good caretakers. Do you think, uh, you know, of course, men like intelligence. I mean, who wouldn't like intelligence? But do you think um, men are choosing women for that reason because it makes them a better caretaker? No, I don't. I don't think that at all. And again, let's get the obvious out of the way. You want to have some degree of intelligence. You want to be able to have some conversation. We're not talking about that. What we are talking about is this movement that's happened from the center of people's chests up past their throat, past their <laughs> mouth, past their nose, past their eyes, and in the hair area of thinking. Okay? <laughs> now, this report seems to say to me that to be a good caretaker, you have to be a good thinker. Oh, my God. Where is this information coming from? Oh, it's coming from most likely a 24-year-old. So what I say is, why not look for someone who's kind? Why not look for someone who is sweet? Why not look for someone who is caring? Because guess what? You want a good caretaker? A thinker who changes their minds all the time? That's not going to be it. But a kind person with an open heart is someone who is looking to take care of their husband first, their children first, and then themselves, and then everything works out just fine. I don't mean that she takes care of others to a detriment to herself, because what most people are forgetting is that we have come from a time when giving was receiving, when we gave to someone who was kindly receptive to what we gave, it makes us feel great. That's why there's so many men pleasers out there and women pleasers who want to please, but they usually choose a taker. And then they get a bad taste in their mouth and they say, I'm not giving anymore. It's not the other. It's the their choice to who to give to. You have to wait until there's a yin yang, give and take. 
someone who's a receiver who also gives back. So that's my take on that. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, it is a good quality to be a giver, and it does make us feel good to give to the other person. But what I found doesn't work and is actually detrimental to the giver is if you've chosen a mate who is only a taker. So you have to figure out a relationship where there's reciprocity. Now, it's not always going to be balanced. It's not always going to be 50-50. Maybe some days it's 70-30. Maybe some days it's uh, 60-40. Heck, maybe even some days it's 90-10. But that balance is always fluctuating, and there is, like you say, there's a give and a take. Otherwise, if the person is only a taker, you know, your, your marriage is going to go downhill pretty fast. You bring up such a great point, as you usually do, of course, because relationships should not be about equality. What does equality bring up oh. in your mind? Equality brings up fighting to have some level of, of having, fighting. I have, to have, I have to have this equality. In relationships, it simply doesn't work. It might work at work. It might work someplace else, but in a loving relationship, it's the equity between two people. And you put it perfectly. Sometimes the other person gets 60% and you get 40. Sometimes you get 70% of what you, and they get 30. You're giving and taking. And that's the key to having a successful relationship. It's a, a, a it doesn't have to be equal. Your needs get met one way. Their needs get met another way. You recognize the differences. You don't fight for equality, but you fight to have equity. Both of your needs met, perhaps at different times, hopefully at the same time sometimes. Absolutely. And this shoving it down our throat that everything has to be equal, I think it just puts together an atmosphere of angst, tension, competitiveness, I mean, these are not <laughs> qualities you want to bring home to your relationship. I mean, you, you want a loving relationship, not something that's going to create a competition between you and your mate. Oh, I got 51%, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight for 50-50, you know, tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's, it's competitive. You know, one of the most unattractive things in bed is when you have two people that are fighting for <clears throat> feeling good. You have two people who feel they need to, you know, feel good and they need to get their needs met. Those are two very masculine energies. And I don't think that that works in the bedroom. I think it's one of the biggest problems that we have right now is when two masculine, assertive people get together, try to have a relationship, two masculine people in bed together Oh, wait a second. That sounds like there's two men together in a relation in a bed together. Now, if that's what you choose, that's fine. But a masculine man really does not want to fight and battle in bed. They don't want another masculine, uh, assertive, aggressive person in bed. It just doesn't work. They lose that that thing that stands up when they have to battle and fight in the bed. So. Absolutely. It gets in the way. Two people battling for equal rights in bed, two masculine people in bed, doesn't work. No, 
I mean, from the man's point of view, it absolutely is not sexy at all. I mean, if he's going to do that, he might as well, you know, choose a man to be with. I mean, what does he need you for? What does he need the woman for if she's bringing to the table too many masculine and aggressive qualities? It's Very good just, point. Just not a turn on, right? Great point. Great point. <laughs> all right. We talked a little bit off air with regard to anger and how that affects uh, a man's persona in the dating world. So tell us a little bit about anger, maybe why does uh, the guy bring anger into a relationship and what sorts of tips can we advise him to get over the anger so we can get past this? You know, when you get on those um, internet dating sites and you take your finger and you go down, 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 you know, the other person in those services is doing the same thing. They're looking down, down, down. A very masculine act by a male to, to go for looks and keep going until he finds looks. Woman doing a very masculine thing, looking for looks, looking for looks, looking to see what the, the male has. Well, when you have several dating experiences like that of people that want, 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 looking for someone to save them from their misery. Here's what we have these days. We have one person looking for the other person to save them from the misery of their life. And you have the other person looking to the other person to find a, a way to save them from the misery that they have in their life. So in other words, you have two empty pie tins coming together. And when you smack them together, there's nothing but a lot of noise coming out of it. That is a disconnect in relationships. And it, that doesn't work either. The dating app, you're saying, is a very masculine trait. Even for, for the woman to be doing, you know, to, to just ju like on Tinder, they're just judging on a picture alone, which is not, That's right. not typically how women judge men. I mean, they've, they've gotten this shoved down their throat so often that the 20-something-year-old women today, that is how they're dating. But, you know, does it work? No, that's inherently not how women choose. Men choose based on looks, first and foremost. If they get, if most men, if they can't get past the looks, they're not going any further than that. Whereas women, uh, they typically, inherently, biologically speaking, they choose the man based on personality. Well, you can't do that from a dating app. If, you're only, if you've only got a picture to go by, you really can't do it that way. But that's what these dating apps are, and they're very popular. They've got millions of subscribers, and that's what they're telling both sexes to do because guess what? The sexes are equal, so we're going to give you an app where you're both performing the same function at the same time. It's, and it's what ridiculous. results? And what results? A lot of anger, a lot of disappointment, a lot of rejection, and... I wrote something, uh, an article called the, 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 the pie, the, the empty pie. And what happens when you date, you get your heart broken. You know, when you have, when you dated when you're 16, 17, 18, oh, what a feeling. You have no reserve. You're all in. You're so excited. You, you don't have any <clears throat> bad experiences. So you believe it's going to work out. You, you, you put everything of your soul into the relationship. If it doesn't work out for some reason, you get your heart broken, especially men. Goodness gracious, Linda, if a man gets his heart broken at a younger age 
and the woman breaks his heart, he may never recover. He may never recover. He will bring distrust into every relationship from that point on. And he has his pie tin. He will only approach new people with a half a pie tin. He won't give it all anymore. And if he goes on to these dating services, gets rejected, meets up with angry people, disappointed people, he gives less and less of his pie until he comes with an empty pie tin to when he's dating. And he needs to let go of that anger and disappointment. And he can, you can't just do that. You can't just turn it off. They need people like you and I to help them with the anger. It doesn't just happen. You have to give them good reason to let go of the anger. You have to give them good reasons to let go of the trust. Because as they bring that to the next relationship they meet, they come with a snarl. They come with distrust. And even if that next person is the greatest person on the face of the earth, if they have no trust, if they come with a chip on their shoulder, they're going to ruin it and sabotage it. Absolutely. So what's the way out of this box? Because <laughs> certainly it's not good to carry around the anger. And sometimes, like you say, it might be um, anger as a result of, you know, being hurt maybe when you were a late teenager or what have you. And sometimes it could be anger against your boss. Sometimes it could be um, strong anger against a parent who wronged you in some way. And they carry, they carry around this burden for decades. And they introduce that anger to the new person. You know, she's trying to be a loving person, trying to enter your life. And you've got the big anger wall going on. There you go. And, how, he, and how do you what, get here's past what, that? Here's what everyone has to do. They have to take responsibility for the choices that they make, the people that they go after, like especially men going after hot, sexy women and women going after men that appear to have a lot of money. That's, that used to be called, uh, in the old days, horse trading. I'll give you what I have if you have enough of what I want. Well, I have a new name for that, a modern-day name for that. I call it body trading. If you have enough of what I have, I will give you what I have. You, I, if I can have what you have, I'll give you what I have. And to me, there's no love there. The choices are not made from love. They're made from thinking about relationship and going after the best deal. So there is one way that people can help themselves. And it happens instantly, actually, if they're willing to let it happen. And it's a word that gets so confused and has so much stuff because it, it originates from religion, where religion tells you, hey, forgive the other person. Turn the other cheek. The other person's not worth it. You're so much better than they are. Inequality. You hear these messages of inequality? Don't don't pay any attention to them. They're dumb or stupid or they're this or they're that. You be the better person. No, that doesn't work when you turn the other cheek and let them free because you're not getting anything from that. But here's where you do get a major payoff. When you forgive, forgive that other person for you so that you let go 
of the, the binds, the chains that you have set yourself up with that other person who hurt you and did terrible things to you. Forgive them, not for them. Forgive them for you so that you can start feeling better, so that you don't attack new people when you meet them, that you have a much better chance of being a decent, kind person. But you have to let go of that anger first. And the way to do it, and this is a whole weekend seminar that you and I can do out in L.A., Linda, is you need to forgive and forgive for you, not for them. Absolutely. Forgive is, is a very hard concept for a lot of people to wrap their mind around because they, they, I don't know, I guess they get some benefit in staying angry. They feel that they were wronged, that they were hurt. You know, they had their, their heart crushed unnecessarily, so they think. And, uh, you know, it takes it takes a lot to forgive somebody. But that is definitely an avenue to use to get past this anger because you don't want to have what happens in the future be affected by what happened decades ago in the past. It's like you really do need to put those issues to bed. You're dooming the future to be the same thing as your past. And you know what? There is no such thing as the past. It's gone. There's yeah. no such thing. You can't put your finger on it. There's no such thing as the future. It's not here yet. You can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. But what you can do is make the very most of the present moment. And the best way to do that is to let go of past hurts that are just going to hold you back. And I have another tool that I'd like to share with you and your audience, if you don't mind, about about forgiving. Yeah. You see, we are much more powerful spiritual beings than we give ourselves credit for. And the reason I say that is I 100 percent totally, totally believe that we invite people into our lives that appear good or bad to help us learn lessons we could not have learned without them. We invite, we're like authors in a book. We write the book, we write in the characters. How could we hate them? We are like, if we write a screenplay and we write in nasty characters that make things interesting, that helps with, with emotional arcs in the movie and you, it helps you learn things. We invite people into our lives just like we write them into our play, our book, uh, our movie to help us learn lessons we couldn't have learned without them. How can we hate them if we invite them into our lives, even if it's under painful circumstances? What I do is I've turned my life around by blessing those people for being willing to come into my life to do some potentially not nice things to me. But you know what happens? If I learn my lesson from that person, let's say incest. It's a very bad thing. Tons of people are dealing with it. But instead of hating the person that incested me, if I bless them and love them for teaching me this lesson, what's the lesson? That experience was so painful and it changed my life so drastically. I made a commitment to myself to never do that again to anyone. Hey, a lesson learned. Bless that person for teaching you that very invaluable lesson. 
I'm a firm believer that life will give you the same lesson over and over again <laughs> until you learn it. That's right. So if you want to be stuck in the past, if you want to be stuck with your anger, that's all well and good, but it, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy that the next person that you come across, they will also hurt you because you're so stuck and married to what happened then. You're not in the present. You're not seeing the, per the new person for whom they are. Uh, it, history will just repeat. So... Yes, I, I think blessing them is a good way. And the other uh, piece of information that I like to give my, my coaching clients is take ownership of it, meaning that it takes two to tango. There's always two sides to every story. Try to analyze what your part in the episode was. And when you do that, it releases a lot of pain. Um, you know, you might not have been fully at fault. Maybe you were only 10% at fault or 20% at fault or whatever. But if you acknowledge, how did I get there? How did I allow myself to get hurt? And, and examine that a little bit, it releases all that pain. So, yes, I think with what you're saying, uh, the blessing and the forgiving combined with the ownership of what your part is, what your role is, I think that's a good prescription for healing yourself and getting better in this area. You know, there's one there's one string that ties all of this together. And that one string is how much do we like or love ourselves? How much self-esteem do we have? We're all dealing with several levels of low self-esteem, of low self-love. But the key is that the more you turn to things in this world like meditation, uh, yoga, spiritual practices, things that help you build up self-love and self-esteem, the more and the higher it goes, the less of a chance of you making wrong choices and wrong mistakes in relationships. Absolutely. All right, let's turn back to the... Um Back to the study, once again, here's another uh, finding that they found, and that was women are less concerned with money in countries with higher equality be between the sexes. Oh, boy, that's a loaded comment. I could go it off sure on is. that topic for an Let's hour. Let's move on, on to the next one. one. <laughs> I don't believe this one for a minute, and I have interviewed women who are you know, high-powered, high-charged, they're making $200,000 a year plus. Um, guess what? They still want a guy that makes $200,001 more than they do. So I don't believe this for a second. Do, do it, in your findings, do you see this with your clients or, or the trends that you see? No, and again, they're trying to sell a trend to a 20-year-old that uh, they, they have, they're asking them to buy something that I wouldn't sell and I wouldn't buy. Absolutely. All right. The next finding is uh, in gender equal nations that the man values intelligence in a mate even more than women do. Now, typically it used to be, you know, traditionally it used to be the other way around. Women liked the characteristics 
characteristic of having the guy be intelligent because usually that translated to more money, more status, more power, and that, that upped her social position, uh, you know, in society. So now they're saying that the roles are re reversed and the women don't necessarily value a man's intelligence. I don't know. Are we just going for the body now? Is that what this is inferring? That women are just going for a guy that looks good and, you know, it doesn't matter if he's dumb as a rock? I mean, crazy. You know, in the last 20 or 25 or 30 years, the roles of men and women have changed so drastically <clears throat> that they are finding themselves in a very unhappy and dangerous place. And that unhappy and dangerous places, not getting along. I have a question for you, Linda. When you and I were younger and we were growing up and we lived in a neighborhood, maybe we lived in an apartment where there was 50 or 100 people. Do you remember anyone who was single? No, you know, that was, you might as well have had, you know, three ears and two toes. It was very, very rare to find somebody who was single. That you're Absol right. Absolutely right. Do you know now, Linda, with this new technical way of uh, uh, asserting themselves and the masculine uh, females and the feminine receptive males and this whole mix up of what's going on? Do you know that 50 percent? I know you know this. Yeah. 50 percent of everyone in, in the world is single, maybe alone maybe lonely, I don't know, but they're single. Another 25% are in a relationship they're not happy with. <clears throat> so instead of having hardly ever seeing anyone going with the, with the, with the way things work for 10,000 years, now we have a new fandangled system that's supposed to be bigger and better, and 50% of the world is alone and lonely and single. Well, if they want to, if the media wants to keep people single and unhappy, they are doing a bang-up job at it. Exactly. It, it's really quite sad. And, you know, as a, as a young person who's navigating these dating waters, I would say turn off the press, turn off the media, really don't listen to it. Go find people who are happy who are in a loving relationship, I don't know, maybe get a mentor or something and and find the answers from them because the media is absolutely not doing you any favors. Absolutely on on any levels, Linda. <laughs> on any, they're separating us. <clears throat> they're separating men and women, making us angry at each other with stories like this. And competitive, they are right? separating uh, blacks and whites. They're separating the police and the public. They're separating country to country. They're making us afraid of this country and that country and this person and that person. And that's what we're getting in the newspapers and on TV right now. There must be a grand reason why they want everyone to feel separate from each other. I don't remember growing up like this. And when times were really tough, people were there for each other. And right now, everything you read is getting us to feel unequal, separated, distrusting, politics, whatever it is. The, the newspapers uh, are, are on a trend to keep us not liking each other. 
Yep, it's no coincidence, and there is a an agenda here going on. I don't really want to get into the politics of it all, but basically all these trends are happening to an end goal, which is depopulation. So if they keep people disgruntled and separate and alone and single, they're not reproducing. So that will help aid the depopulation of the world. So I don't know. That's that's the short my short answer. <laughs> I have another short one. I don't really want to get into a, a political okay. discussion, but okay. go ahead, Bruce. What's your comment? Well, you know, <laughs> the reason why they're trying to uh, privatize Social Security, yeah. and eventually they might, is so that people will die younger, not want to live, and they won't have to pay Social Security. Done. Finished. Next. Uh, it, it's just so disheartening on so many different levels. Anyway, getting back to the dating world, uh, whom can we look to to find the right answers? I am very blessed that I do have a couple of uh, people in my life who are coupled up and they're very happy and I look to them as my role models and I'm always learning from them. And I would say one thing that happy couples do have in common is they have really good communication skills. Now, it's not to say they see eye to eye on every issue. It's not to say they don't have arguments behind closed doors. I'm sure all of that is going on. But one thing that I do see with these couples is they're really good at conflict resolution. They're really good as treating at treating their partner as a unit. They don't see see the partner as this is me and that's you and it's me against the world, me against you. They don't see it as two different people. They treat the marriage as if it's one single entity that if I hurt you, I'm really hurting me because I'm in this relationship too. So I would say the one quality that they possess is good communication skills. And, and of course, everything starts with that. And I'm gonna, I'm going to say that everything has to do literally with that first moment when you meet. And now we're going to be talking about masculine and feminine energies and relationships with Dr. Pat Allen out in California is an absolute master. You want to learn more about that. You look up Dr. Pat Allen on you know, YouTube, read her books, because she says that everything starts from the very moment that two people meet each other. If the man approaches the woman and she's receptive to him, you're starting on a very firm foundation. Okay. And it's most likely going to grow out of kindness and goodness to each other. And I'm going to bet that those couples that you know, I'm going to bet that a vast majority of them, the man has taken a responsive, responsible, assertive, masculine role in the relationship. He knows what his role is. She lets him have his role. She has taken a very powerful feminine receptive role in the relationship he allows her to be in her power as a feminine receptive female to do what she does to keep the family together and that's how functioning relationship works the male masculine energy does what he does to protect the family the female ma uh, 
feminine receptive energy does what she does to keep the family together, and that's what works. Absolutely. And what they're teaching in the media is the exact opposite of all that. They're saying it's perfectly okay for the woman to be the aggressor. If you like a guy, you go get his phone number, you contact him first, you ask him for the date first. In fact, all the way to the end, you propose to him first. So none of these tactics work. They really don't. I I mean, I, I tell the guys... If you if the woman is the aggressor, I said let her be the aggressor one time. After that, you have to step it up and take that main that man role. You have to be the aggressor. You have to take the risk. You have to take charge. Otherwise, at, you know, after a couple of months of this, she's going to disrespect you. And no man can feel love if their woman is disrespecting them. Sorry, it's just not going to happen exactly right it's it has to be an equal situation between the two people that work and they agree on the equity of their relationship and that's why those friends that you talked about that don't fight all the time they're not constantly fighting for equality that relationship can work they can't be fighting for equality they have to understand each other's role respect the male for the work he does, cherish the woman for the work that she does in that family, keeping the family together. Absolutely. If you've just joined us, you're recently uh, tuned in to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You've been listening today to my guest, Bruce Starr, who is the love coach. You can find Bruce at 959thepalm.com. 959thepalm.com. We're having a joint uh, back-to-back show. I will be on Bruce's show tomorrow. Uh, that's Thursday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And Bruce's call-in number for tomorrow is 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And I will post all of his links his contact information, his email, how to get a hold of him, and he can tell you what other uh, coaching and services and, and events that he is providing for you. He's a great guy. I hope you check him out. So thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show today. I will see you uh, in short order on your show, and we'll continue on with the conversation. Thank you. What a, what a great show you have here, Linda. And I really enjoy my time together with you, expanding our ideas, uh, looking into all these things at work and sort of making sure that the public knows the things that don't work as told by you and I. So a very valuable show. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate it. We'll see you next time, everybody, on my show every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Men's Advocate Show. Bye for now.